Anthony Omen is a professor of philosophy at Northern Michigan University and has had to deal with this already. On the line with us right now to talk about this. Anthony, thank you for coming on with us. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure to be here. So I'm sure when you got into the uh, teaching business, you didn't figure that having to discern if it was a computer talking to you or a student was one of the things you'd have to face. Is this really Anthony talking to us? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to assume it's you. It could just as Sounds well be good. chat GPT, though, because that's one of the things that it does, right? Yeah. I mean, I, we've had something like this for a long time where you could pay somebody to write the essay for you. But the fact that this is so easily accessible and free and the outputs are so good, that's what's revolutionary. Did you encounter someone in one of your classes that I read that uh, you actually ended up saying like this was the best written paper in the class. Sad to say it was not written by a human being. <laughs> yeah, that's what happened last semester that a student wrote a paper for one of my classes. And I was like, well, this is the best paper in the class It's too good to be true. So I submitted the paper to chat GBT and I said, Hey, did you write this? And it came back and said, there's a 99.9% .9 chance that I wrote this. <laughs> wow. So you can ask ChatGPT for its credits, and it will give it to you as well. Is that it? At least for now, yes. Wow. And what, was the, what was the paper on? I'm curious. Uh, it was an assignment in a world religions class on the morality of burqa bans. So it was kind of like a niche topic, but it was yeah. really insightful and thoughtful essay. I was impressed. Can ChatGPT just be applicable for uh, papers, or can it be expanded for like a full-length book, for instance? It could, in principle, be expanded for a full-length book, but you'd have to piece together multiple different prompts. You'd have to know, like, okay, this is what these 500 words are going to be and then the next 500 words. But in principle, you could do it. How much did it cost the student that was busted? Uh, well, I did what I always do, which is just have them rewrite the assignment for the first uh, offense. I want my students to learn, and the only way they learn is by actually doing this stuff. What's the second offense? <laughs> then you get a zero for the assignment. I hope so, because if someone tries it twice, I wouldn't be so nice. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be as nice as you are for the first offense. Every kid knows by the time they get to college what's right and what's wrong, and, and clearly they knew that that was wrong, but they tried it anyhow. Um, how are professors like you going to be able to handle this problem in the future? There's a lot of different responses. You have some old school people who want to go back to paper and pencil in the classroom. Um, you've got other people who are moving to oral exams, you know, like just live in front of people. But I actually, I kind of want to lean into it a little bit more than people in those camps do. In what way? Look, I think that this technology is going to be out there whether we like it or not. And as soon as the students graduate, they're going to be able to use it. And they're already worried about a disconnect between the real world and higher academia. And so I want to teach them how to use it well. Hmm. Well, what's a way that would be fair, honest, and, and uh, add to the process as opposed to just be cheating? I'll tell you what I do with my own work already. So I have a rough draft of something, and I submit it to ChatGPT, and I say, give me some objections. Or... Tell me where I can improve my writing. And then I revise my own work in response to it. It's only cheating if you wholesale copy the thing that ChatGPT produces and then say it's your own work. So are there any red flags as you're reading paper after paper after paper that gives you the indication that this is good work, but it's probably not the result of the student? Yeah, no spelling mistakes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or they use the word ameliorate. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, but the problem is that the students are getting smart about that. They know that ChatGPT is too good, so they introduce them right. in Felicity. That's what I was thinking. That changed it a little bit, yeah. Oh, wow. You so, 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 so we've now reached the point where wow. the work that the student is doing is to dumb down the paper that <laughs> yes. the computer wrote for them. Right. That's but the actually, effort that they're putting in. ChatGPT is better than that because you can ask it to write like a drunk college student or like someone who's in fifth grade, and it can do that too. Wow. That's incredible. How much is that? For that's what I was wondering. Yeah. It doesn't cost anything. It's free. free? Come on. It's really? free. Right now, it's free. They're going to start charging people because it's such a valuable tool. It's incredible. I mean, especially for my students who often don't have great academic training, and they're trying to write cover letters, and their cover letters are hopeless. But if they could write a decent one with the help of ChatGPT, maybe now they get a job they otherwise couldn't get. Yeah, except they get a job that they don't deserve because they don't know how to communicate. See, I, I, yeah, but I, sometimes I, these jobs aren't based on communication, right? They're on something else. They're trying to be sewers or something like that. I don't know. Well, if, if, if you're going to be a welder, I don't think the letter you write is going to get you the job. But, <laughs> uh, you know, if, you, if, if communication is part of it and you present yourself. See, I, I look at it a little differently than you, and I'm probably older than you. I, I look at this as, as we're teaching people to present themselves as something that they're not, as long as they don't get caught or don't violate uh, the, 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 the rules heinously. And that's, to me, that's not enough. We already live in a society where, where uh, the grays are overtaking the blacks and whites. And, and uh, you know, what used to be privacy is, well, there's no such thing as it anymore, so you have to accept it. And, and I don't want to get to the point where it's like, well, what you, when you used to be able to trust a person that their work was their own, you just can't anymore, and that's just the way it is. You know, like, we all have to accept that, that, uh, that we're all going to be on social media whether we like it or not. I, I don't see that as a, as a good development in society, do you? No, I think that there's a lot of people who share that worry. And I think those are the people that really want to push back to, hey, let's go old school. You know, pencil and paper worked for a long time and it forced the students to demonstrate that they had the critical thinking ability. So maybe that's, yeah. we had it good back then. Maybe we should go back to that. The people who developed ChatGPT, since it sounds like you know a good deal about it, what was their um, initial purpose? What was the, the, you know, the big picture thing that they were trying to accomplish with it? I'm not sure. I do think that initially, I mean, I can tell you what the public facing answer, the public facing answer is that this is supposed to be a tool that will help us with thinking and writing. Um, eventually, I do think they want to monetize this. They see how valuable the service is. Now they're going to start paying for you. And like all businesses, their end goal is to make some money. But I also heard that they were uh, with ChatGPT that you could sort of like uh, have a discussion with Socrates, for example, and say, you know, yeah. all right, uh, let talk to me about talk to me about philosophy uh, yeah. or, or with Abraham Lincoln and say, talk to me about how you, you came up with the Gettysburg Address. And it actually simulates the conversation that he would have at that time. And you can ask questions and, and it answers. Is that accurate? Yeah, that's correct. So I work on this obscure Danish philosopher named Soren Kierkegaard. It's read all one of, of my favorites. Writing. One of my favorites. I love that guy. <laughs> <laughs> of everything, and every album he recorded. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and it'll talk to me like Kierkegaard talks. It's it's wild. Wow. What is that like? I mean, so you ask a question and it actually speaks in the tone and the inflection or the the vocabulary of of that time and that culture. How do you know? Yeah. <laughs> well. Yeah. Right. <laughs> how, well, you how read a lot of know? Kierkegaard, and it sounds like more Kierkegaard. <laughs> um, <laughs> it sounds like him. I, so I, am, I think I want to bring it into the classroom. I mean, I, I have my first couple of classes already this week, and so ordinarily it's just me and them talking, and then I'm like, hey, do you want to hear what the weird alien robot has to say? And so we ask it what it says, too. 
How do you get on? I, like I said, I've gone to it a bunch of times, and every time I go, it just says busy. Hmm. Yeah, look at the draw on that one. Ah, interesting. Mm-hmm. So to theor- if I wanted Elvis to talk to me about music, oh boy! I mean, could that actually happen? Could a simulated voice of Elvis talk music to me? I, I can't imagine that. Let's see. I'm online right now. I can ask it. What would Elvis? Well, how come he's getting those so easy, Mitch? And you have the problem. Yeah, he's here. got a better computer than I do. Clearly, <laughs> I guess that dial-up thing is something I should get yeah, rid this of. This would add to a lot of the simulated <laughs> activities you'd normally have, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, what's Elvis saying? Um, okay, well, I, I can much. tell you. Yes. Yeah, as Elvis Presley passed away in 1977, I'm unable to ask him what he would say to you about music. However, based on his own statements. And the way he lived his life, I can infer that he would likely say something about the importance of passion and authenticity in music. He often spoke about the importance of staying true to oneself and not conforming to others' expectations or trends. And it's going on and on. But, you know, I could. Wow. <laughs> oh. Well, uh, does, uh, the person you, being, <laughs> does the person being dead uh, uh, therefore change whether they can speak as them? Because everybody good that you want to talk to is Yeah, like Plato, dead. for instance. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure Socrates is dead. So it goes on to say, like, he might have given you advice about this, or he probably would have told you that. So uh, it, so it, but it doesn't to speak to you. It doesn't say, hi, I'm Abe Lincoln. Uh, this morning <laughs> I wrote the Gettysburg Address. Yeah. Uh, let me see. <laughs> okay. Boy, have I got a headache. Say, <laughs> yes, I say, I want to speak to Abe Lincoln <laughs> about why he wrote the Gettysburg Address. <laughs> he says, I can generate text as if I were Elvis Presley speaking, if that would help. Oh, yeah. Really? Really? Wow. Boy, that would be fun. All right. So go ahead and say, uh, put punch in, um, uh, you know, how'd you feel about your mom, Elvis? Oh. <laughs> okay. It's talking to me about other things in the first person. And can come on with um, us every day, Anthony. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. We could just, no, but this is the thing. Like, you get sucked into it so quickly. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I can just, see because these two like, right here in the room are sucked in already. Yeah. We, forget, <laughs> we forgot we're doing a radio show at this point. Oh, man. We're just sitting around waiting for yeah. a computer response. Yeah. Come on, Eddie. Put in Pizza Hut and order me one. <laughs> hey, listen, yeah. what would Socrates say about. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's where, like, that's why people are talking about this so much. Yeah. It's so in, it's, it's ability Engaging. to show various yeah. energies, yeah. so many things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good luck to you trying yeah. to figure out uh, if the students wrote, you know, their own papers or not. I, I can see where you, professors are going to have to institute a set of rules saying if we, you know, if we catch you doing chat GPT, you. you know, uh, it, we're failing you because it's, it's, a, it's a commonplace thing. You're very kind to say you get a one offense, but as this becomes more commonplace, it's going to be a little bit like uh, uh, saying you're not allowed to look at the paper of the person next to you and literally copy every word that he says. I don't think you would give somebody a second chance if they did that. And I think this is going to become so commonplace that they're probably going to do away with second chances for, for chat GPT as well. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's a big experiment. Just how widespread is it going to be? How many students are going to be cheating this way? It's so easy. I do not know, but you're right. If it's that common, we're going to be in trouble. Mm-hmm. Anthony Ullman, thank you so much. Uh, for uh, you. Let us know what Elvis has to say. Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. From Northern Michigan University. <laughs>